April showers bring Mayflowers, but what do Mayflowers bring? A special offer from the DSR Network. For the month of May, become a member and receive 20% off a monthly or annual membership. Members receive an ad-free listening experience, exclusive bonus content, our evening members-only newsletter, and an invitation to continue the conversation via our members-only Slack community. This offer won't last, so act now. Visit thedsrnetwork.com slash buy and enter code MAYFLOWERS, one word, to receive your discount. That's thedsrnetwork.com slash buy and code MAYFLOWERS. Thank you for your support. This is Words Matter with Norm Ornstein. We've got the votes and screw the rest of you. And Dr. Kavita Patel. These might be some of the smaller moments, you know, with all the bombshells. Didn't catch people's eyes. Hello and welcome to Words Matter from the DSR Network. Each week, Norm Ornstein and I will be talking about the issues facing our country as we come out of another election cycle and heading into probably, Norm, what I might dare to say might be, I say this every four years, might be our most important election cycle. Uh, today, Norm, we, we had we always have a struggle with um, what to include because there's too much to talk about just in one week. And I think this is, a, I, I have to say that this is a, what feels like an incredible week of both legal activity, but also an incredible week for um, justice in that legal activity. The justice that I feel like I've been looking for and maybe not enough, but uh, can't, can't, uh, can't start without giving you my thoughts and getting your thoughts on E. Jean Carroll. And when the um, news alert flashed across my phone Tuesday at, uh, I think like 1 PM, I, I couldn't help but feel like this, just not just vindication. That word has been used a lot for Carol. Um, but I just couldn't help but feel it for so many, you know, how many women, probably millions of women who have been in not a similar situation at that high of a stake and publicity and having her name just kind of brutalized and crucified across media. Um, but just the fact that there's so many women sit in silence and that she won like for all of them too. So I'll, I'll, I'll stop because I would get very emotional about it, yeah. but it was a very important civil decision. Uh, and just for listeners who may not have been following the kind of play by play, basically a civil jury in New York reached the decision against bringing charges against former president Donald Trump for rape, sexual abuse, defamation. They only had, I think three hours of deliberation and they found him not liable for rape, but liable for sexual assault and defamation and awarded um, E. Jean Carroll $5 million in damages. It wasn't the money that she was looking for, but I think it was, you know, absolutely kind of that liability and that accountability. Um, so I'll, I'll stop there, except to maybe use some words that our colleague, um, Ryan Goodman, who was on the Deep State pod for a long time and um, has a pod called Just Security. Uh, he and Norm Eisen reminded people that um, Americans generally consider sexual assault incompatible with serving in elected office. So this is, um, needless to say, a complication, perhaps, Norm, for Trump's run. What, what What are your thoughts? Tell me what you were thinking as you saw this decision on Tuesday being handed down. So I thought uh, just from everything that we had seen in the trial, 
which was an amazingly powerful case because it wasn't just uh, what E. Jean Carroll said about what happened. It was 21 other women who had experienced the same kind of modus operandi by Donald Trump, which he, of course, as the trial reiterated, uh, basically admitted to in the Access Hollywood tape. Uh, that when you're a star, you can do anything you want. Uh, you can grab him by the pussy. And he did that with large numbers of women. Uh, so, but I wasn't sure because we also know that the jury of nine, six men, three women, included one juror who was in some respects problematic. And we now know that the E. Jean Carroll people tried to strike this person from the jury because he had been listening to a far right wing uh, show. Um, so you, you never know whether you're going to get unanimity. When they came back within three hours before we knew what the verdict was, we knew that it was going to be guilty, um, uh, that he was going to be held accountable. You don't go through something like this and something where the defense did not put on a case where Trump did not testify. And even though his lawyer said he would not testify, Trump went on another one of his rants when he was in Ireland saying he was going to storm in to tell the truth to the jury and then predictably did not do so. He lied about that. Um, you knew that if it were going to be a uh, very short time in the jury room, that it was going to be bad for Trump. I actually thought it was worse for Trump than I expected. Um, and while they did not, uh, you know, if I had to, you, you can speculate about what went on in the jury room. My guess is that right at the beginning, they did not have unanimity on a rape charge. And I think the, probably the reason is that, uh, if you're talking about rape, about forced sexual intercourse in a, re a dressing room, um, you're, pr you can have some people who would say, I don't know, that's going to be, uh, uh, maybe a bridge too far to be able to prove, but it's pretty clear he assaulted her. And that rather than go through an extended period of arguing about whether you would go to the rape, uh, charge, it was easier to just agree as they all did on sexual assault. Uh, the other thing that struck me Kavita is having seen now multiple tweets from many, many women. I was raped. I did not scream. Uh, that was one of the elements here. And one of the things that, uh, Trump's lawyer tried to emphasize, Hey, you know, you're in a, a place, you're being assaulted and you don't say anything. And I thought that it was extraordinarily important that you have a jury in three hours with six men and three women say, yeah, she didn't scream. Maybe you don't scream when you're in the middle of being assaulted and it could get worse. Maybe you're in shock that something like this could be happening. And uh, that's, a, I think, a powerful legal statement going forward for other assaults and other rapes that are being charged criminally or civilly that we now have a jury saying, you don't have to scream to have proof that you have been brutally assaulted 
uh, or raped. So I thought this was an extraordinary moment. And we'll get to some other elements of this, but while it's true that sexual assault is, has been, should be a disqualifier for public office, uh, that's not necessarily the case with a Republican cult. And if we look at other figures out there, if we look at Jim Jordan, who covered up brutal assaults on Ohio State wrestlers and gets reelected over and over again, uh, we have examples where people just don't care. And we'll get to a little bit more of that. But no matter what Trump is charged with, no matter what has happened, that doesn't mean he can't get elected. Let me let me um actually just something else that I thought was uh noteworthy that you kind of provoked me and the she you know she didn't scream you're absolutely right like now there's well documented literature about just it's not just fight or flight it's it's literally what I used to serve reminds I used to serve as like a rape crisis counselor uh in college and kind of after college and I mean there's so many campus incidents back then that happened, still happened. So it was something that like I found um, to be just, it was incredible norm, like literally to a person, we would counsel people to not scream because it was an issue of their safety. I mean, there was just, I mean, we would, this was like through rape kind of crisis training. We would tell both men and women, do not scream, do not scream that in that moment you're trying to fight. And, And there was so much guilt that many people felt about it that, like they didn't scream, police would ask them, why didn't they scream? Or they would not go to the police. And people, the friends would say, did you scream for help? That was the most common, you know, kind of question. And, and they, for different reasons. And now we know that there's many literal chemical biological reasons, but also now we counsel people to not scream. And so I'm glad you brought that up. One thing I'll bring up also that was striking and I think it was um, someone who also is kind of a common friend on the DSR network, um, Joyce Vance. I think she basically made a remark that I caught, and maybe you heard it too, that the jurors were cautioned to not reveal their identities um, because it could put them at risk. That that caution is not uncommon. That is a common caution given to jurors. But how common is it when the defendant is a former president of the United States? You know, so I mean, I, I don't think I've even seen that. And I, you just trick kind of prompted me thinking that uh, this is I, like so many things that kind of came through um, that like deliberation and that verdict. And honestly, like to, to go on a little more, Nora, I'm curious because you were saying it's pretty damaging. And I know we want to then kind of pivot a little bit so you can maybe do the segue into the CNN town hall that aired. This pot will go out, but the CNN town hall or as I like to call it, a one-hour infomercial, or however, I, I didn't even finish watching it because I couldn't. Norman, you you actually did, so bless you. Um, I call it the one-hour infomercial um, for Donald Trump, and and I think someone else uh, on Twitter I saw said that Joe Biden won that town hall, which I thought was probably appropriate. Uh, maybe we can talk about that connection because Eugene Carroll came up in that town hall, but uh, yeah, give give uh, just. Just, we don't want to we don't want to take away from what this means, but I can't help but think that his base supporters do not care about this verdict, but that lots of women do and and it should matter. So I'm curious because you did say that you didn't think it would be as damaging as it is. 
I felt like that piece in the CNN town hall where people kind of applauded after he made fun of her was just an underscoring of why I'm, I'm, you know, I don't know if this actually resonated with anyone who would have said, I don't know if anyone who said I would vote for Donald Trump today changed their vote based on that verdict. Yeah. And I, I do think, um, the presidential election will be decided, we expect and maybe hope, by uh, suburban voters, who uh, many of whom are uh, identify as Republicans. But the combination of the Dobbs decision and um, a president who's a uh, sexual thug um, uh, maybe enough to push them over in another direction to decide, even if they're inclined to vote Republican, that uh, this is not the right thing to do. But Trump won't lose any votes from his base of supporters. And frankly, the base may make up 45% of the electorate. And frankly, given the distortions of the Electoral College, he can still win. And it's astonishing depressing and worse to think about the possibility that a man who incited a violent insurrection against the constitution to try to overturn an election who threatened the life of his own vice president uh who uh is a multiple serial sexual offender uh who is a grifter who took millions, as his family did, and possibly even more than millions, from taxpayers and also probably from foreign governments, that he could still win an election in the United States of America to be president. And we know that if he is reelected, the number one item on his agenda is is, uh, retaliation. It's uh, vindictive attempts to go after all of those people who opposed him. And the world sees this too, and it's uh, frightening. Uh, so, uh, but last night uh, or Wednesday night was an example of something else that I find deeply, deeply depressing, which is a press corps that seems to have learned no lessons from the Trump era and from what's happened to our politics careening into. Uh, support for an extremist cult. And that doesn't include everybody, but it includes way too many. And I think CNN deeply, deeply soiled itself uh, with this town hall. But there's a lot more to talk about. Uh, Norm, do we know anything about the ratings by chance? um, No, I don't. I haven't seen. I mean, I I assume they were high, obviously. I would assume Uh, they were higher than, uh, I mean, CNN has been, in big trouble since uh, Chris Lick took over. Um, and, I, you know, there's a part of me that understands a network like CNN is trying to find its place in the pantheon. And you have MSNBC on one side, you have Fox on the other. How can you distinguish yourself? And the impulse to say, we're going to go back to the roots. We're going to be the old CNN that is basically the news network um, where people go whenever there is uh, a need to find out more objectively what's going on. But this is careening out of control. And what 
Chris Licht has done is to basically say it's a uh, sort of diluted uh, uh, impulse compared to Elon Musk and Twitter that the way to be objective, to be balanced, is to tilt heavily towards the uh, lunatic right. And it's not just that they decided at this point to do a town hall with Donald Trump long before there were any primaries, uh, but that they decided to do it with an audience curated to be people who were his diehard supporters. And while they have a few people who they said were Republican primary voters, but undecided, that audience was just what Trump had at his rallies. And this was like another rally. And it uh, is not a good thing for America. It's it's not only is it not a good thing for America, but I think um, I'm trying to I was trying to f- figure out if I could quickly answer the question about ratings. Let's just suffice it to say that they were likely high. Um, coming back to the E. Jean Carroll, let me actually just you know literally former President Trump basically mocked her, called her a whack job, um, and did it obviously you know after the jury's verdict, kind of awarding um, E. Jean Carroll five million dollars. You know these are his words. Uh, this is a fake story, made up story. And when he was describing kind of the Carol's allegation about the assault and rape in the Bergdorf Goodman dressing room in the 90s, and that he had no idea who Carol is, prompted audience members to laugh on several occasions, including when he said her cat was named Vagina. Um, what kind of, his words again, what kind of woman, what kind of a woman meets somebody and brings them up and within minutes you're playing hanky panky in a dressing room? prompting more laughter from the audience. Uh, it's, it's, I, I don't even know how, like, first of all, Caitlin Collins, like I, <laughs> I actually tried like really hard to like, look like she's a woman sitting there. I don't care what you believe or don't believe or anything. Even if the entire, even if the jury had handed like no verdict and, you know, hung jury or said that, that there was no liability there. Like when, Norm, I actually couldn't remember ever a time when anybody, not even a president, like I can't even think of a time when like a senator, any elected member of anything said things like that and did not, I mean, one, received laughter and what looked like support, but then two, did not immediately get canceled. I mean, I think about your, I know he's a friend, so I'm not trying to like, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm tr- Al Franken, right? So I'm not trying to, by any stretch of the imagination, to make these comparisons. But I reflect on like people and accountability and actions, and I I then look at what happened last night and what I just kind of recounted by words, but the images that went with it. I mean, nor what is what is happening? Like what? Am I, yeah, they packed the room. Fine. CNN is to your point. I can't help but think that. There must have been many anchors on CNN, like there are on all the networks, that absolutely, absolutely abhorred that decision, detested it. And let's be clear, you mentioned the incoming, or the, uh, sorry, the current head of CNN. Um, I mean, that had to be a business calculation. This wasn't like, this wasn't like in the news editorial room, they're sitting there thinking, wouldn't it be nice if we gave Donald Trump his own unfettered town hall? 
that cannot come out of anybody's mouth. So that, that had to be a business decision then driving the kind of uh, journalistic content. I don't think I've ever seen anything like this and, and sure Fox news, but it's, it's even, I think at moments Fox would probably say like, well, we probably don't want to have people laughing at like the allegation of rape. You know, maybe we have like an, a forum for what seems like the presidential candidate. Uh, but it is, it is, it, it's not just disturbing for media and what you, you describe accurately, but tell, tell me what you think this means. It's, it's going to be ugly and it's not just going to get ugly because of what we saw last night. I mean, wait till he unleashes on Biden. And then maybe you don't mind Norm responding. I am sure you have seen, um, have you been watching this polling with Kennedy up against Biden? Have you been following like the support? So tell me what this means when I think at the end of the day, suburban voters, people who turn out will vote for Joe Biden. I, so I still believe that because I think that a lot of the polling support for Kennedy is a little bit of like Democrats who are like, listen, we don't love Joe Biden. So we like to kind of throw some support to Kennedy. But at the end of the day, we're going to vote for Biden. Is that true? Or or are we watching something that could be really like fatal in 2024 with this support for Trump? He's knocking out his opponents. DeSantis just said he'd get rid of the NIH. So he's doing a good job imploding. And then we see the democratic tensions, right? Notice they haven't even, uh, they have not appointed, it has not gone unnoticed on me. The Kamala Harris has not like kind of been injected. They don't even have a campaign manager for Harris yet. So those are not good signs. She will still be his running mate, but that's never like a good sign that they don't have these things locked in. So anyway, sorry, keep going. I just want to get your reactions to all those thoughts I spread out there. There's, there's a lot to unpack there on the, on the ladder. <laughs> I'm giving you time to talk. Yeah. <laughs> on the ladder, uh, on uh, Kennedy, um, I think a lot of this poll support is people who aren't paying a whole lot of attention, and they see the name Robert F. Kennedy Jr. Um, they don't understand who he is. And it's tragic, actually, that he is careened even further into wild uh and crazy and untrue conspiracy theories going beyond vaccines. He now is saying that his uncle, John F. Kennedy, was murdered by the CIA. And this is a, uh, it was a disinformation campaign by the Russians in the aftermath of the Kennedy assassination. He has basically rejected the reality of what happened to his own father, uh, shot by Sirhan Sirhan. But to circle all the way around, is it a uh, lock that CNN will do a town hall with Robert F. Kennedy Jr.? Yeah. Uh, And they will do uh, town halls with the declared candidates, no matter how unlikely it is that they could win nominations. And it's giving them free forums and legitimacy that they don't deserve. And it's telling whack jobs, genuine whack jobs, hey, just declare that you're a candidate for the presidency. If you have any kind of resources of your own or notoriety, you're going to get something that is an unbelievable gift, which is free airtime on a, for whatever craziness you want to spout, 
on a major network. Now, I, I want to go back to uh, Trump calling uh, E. Jean Carroll a whack job and ridiculing her and lying again about how he didn't know her and he'd never met her except they had this one picture and all of that. Uh, Caitlin Collins, uh, first of all, E. Jean Carroll has yet another defamation case against Trump. And I think her lawyers are going to look at what happened last night and add this to that case. So there may be more than the $5 million uh, that he will be liable for, although, of course, he'll stretch that out for many uh, years. But Caitlin Collins had an impossible job last night. I'll give her that. No matter who was coming up there, Trump telling lie after lie after lie after lie, it was, uh, it's like trying to drink from the fire hose. You can't easily go after every one of them. But there were two occasions that just made me literally physically sick. One was she did not uh, go back when Trump called her a whack job to say, uh, you were just liable for $3 million for defaming this woman by lying about your relationship with her and about who she is, and you're doubling down on this to make that point. But even worse, Kavita, was when Trump said multiple times when the issue of the Dobbs decision and Roe v. Wade came up, that Democrats were for having abortions when uh, a baby is ripped out of a womb after nine months and they kill it, which is a blood libel, basically. It's an absolute falsehood. And she said nothing. And Republicans are going to believe this. Now, I think Trump was actually, we know now that he spent hours being briefed on the appropriate answer to what they knew would be a question. Will you support a federal ban on abortions? And he danced around it and he did an adept job of dancing around it. Although the fact that he exulted in the Dobbs decision is not going to help him with those suburban women. But how can you let something that is as slimy as saying they want to kill babies at nine months go by without challenging it? She challenged some other stuff. But of course, you know, there's another element here that we haven't gotten into. And I thought Greg Sargent, I saw this morning, hit this very well. The lying is a deliberate strategy that this is an attempt to say to his supporters, you know what, I'll define what truth is. And I will tell you that I will lie blatantly and I'll get away with it because what they say is truth doesn't matter. And that is a kind of distortion that we have seen from Nazi Germany and all the way forward with autocrats. It's saying there is no truth except what I say is the truth. And unfortunately, what we saw last night, those who watched this, is CNN is basically underscoring that reality with these attempts in front of an audience that wants to laugh and applaud every lie that Donald Trump tells, no matter what Caitlin Collins or any other moderator would do under those situations, with an audience curated to be with Trump, 
And remember, they applauded when he said of Caitlin Collins, when she asked him a good question challenging him, you're a nasty woman. It was clear what side they were on. And, you know, Chris Lick went out last night and gave a pep talk to the CNN employees about how great this was uh, and how wonderful Caitlin Collins was and how this was what they should be doing, shedding light on what's going on. And yeah, the audience applauded, but after all, they're a large share of the electorate. You know, he can, this is basically an out, out damn spot, uh, campaign. That spot is not going away. And it's a, an unfortunate reality. The other part of this reality, though, to underscore is this is what a cult is and does. It doesn't matter how outrageous the behavior is, how much the lies get repeated. They're going to go along with it because he's the cult leader. And that is, you know, if I'm looking at this from France or England or Canada or Australia or from among any of our allies who are trying to rely on us, Japan, whatever it may be, and I'm thinking this isn't just about Donald Trump. It's about the fact that 45% or maybe more of the electorate can look at all of this and would still vote for him. And if they vote for him, Ukraine is no longer going to be a country. Our alliances are going to be shredded yet again. Russia will be on top of the world, uh, aided and abetted by Trump. Saudi Arabia will be able to get away with even more brutal murders in other countries. Uh, And Corruption and grift will be back right on top, and we can't even trust anything about them. And you put on to that the the other reality. You know, we said about the uh, debt ceiling uh, when she said, well, you, you know, you said back when you were president, you can't put any conditions on the debt ceiling. You can't default. And he said, well, that was when I was president. That's no longer applicable because I'm not president. But we have to take into account that we're heading towards a a debt ceiling crisis that's going to create even more trauma and unease by our allies, not to mention the economic upheaval that we're going to see. And it's just, it's undermining America's ability to operate in the world. It's, we live in very dangerous times. And what happened uh, with this town hall doesn't help. I think, uh, you know, I hadn't thought about this in like the global context, but you're right. And it's not, you know, not just Khashoggi and like, we're, we're not, we're not done with seeing, I've always kind of limited the, um, spread of the cult-like behavior to the United States. I tend to have these blinders kind of thinking beyond our borders, which I think is probably something a lot of Americans are, especially watching the debt ceiling discussion, which maybe we can, uh, touch on a bit. Uh, it's, it's, so true that the global impact is just as worse, if not worse, because of this. And I can you imagine what it must be like? You know, CNN has a pretty all these networks, right, are trying to get broad international reach. CNN is one of them. Can you imagine what this is like watching this and or even like the um, clips of it? You know, the the dubbed clips of it uh, with subtitles in another country. Like this, it must be. This must be. Yeah, I've got to got to get in touch with some of my friends that are, 
are in Asia and Central and South America and just kind of ask, like, it, it just, it, you then understand, like, Bolsonaro and, like, you just see where, you know, that kind of crazy ascends, crazy stays in power and how hard it is to, like, get democracy to to actually kind of stay true to what, at least in, in the United States, like the constitution started with. And so it's a, uh, but, but let me try to shift it again to end on like what I thought we started with. Uh, I just, you mentioned Bolsonaro. Trump gave Bolsonaro a wet kiss during this debate last night, also debate during this. Oh, I didn't hear this. I, I missed this section. Guns. What happened? It was about guns. And he said, you know, in Brazil, uh, when Bolsonaro was president, they had this problem where uh, they banned guns, and but the criminals had guns and they were going into houses and shooting people. And he took care of it by having guns spread out everywhere. And then it stopped the violence. It was another ridiculous comment and set of lies. Uh, I also want to just add one other thing. After this town hall, CNN did two panels. And I decided to listen for a while just to see. And the first panel, it started with Jake Tapper sort of eviscerating Trump and what he said for about three minutes. Then they had a group of people who were trying to, there were CNN contributors in Washington, dancing around it, talking about his lies and all of that, but not criticizing what went on. But then they went to another panel and that panel included a current Republican member of Congress, Byron Donalds who reiterated the election lies. And uh, I can't believe they had him on. They oh my bring God, on a second election denier. And I listened to about two minutes of his rant. And then I went back to uh, Myrna Loy, William Powell, and Asta on TCM on The Thin Man and the whole series of movies in The Thin Man. And at least I felt a little bit better after that. It was a much better television exercise. I um, It makes me glad that I did what I did and that instinct uh, kind of to turn off everything and, and then only to occasionally look at Twitter to the people I trust. So I'm glad I, I am truly glad for my own sanity that I did not watch that, but I am apologetic to you and to the whomever millions of people might've actually tuned into that. But you're right. This is wow. I mean, all you have to do is look at today's kind of opinion pieces and newspapers, online magazines, and it's, it's underscoring everything you've said. Um, But I, I, what I was going to say, I want to return back to like at least the beginning, which was vindication kind of giving words to something that, really deserves those words and also like a dark kind of moment in history with some silver lining, because I feel like uh, for this moment, like at least that jury in New York, they saw through it exactly to your point. So I, we, we will no doubt continue because what CNN did, here's the test norm. What other networks will, this is clear. Like this is a salvo that they've kind of laid down as CNN is putting down, you know, a line in the sand um, I don't think MSNBC, I'd like to think that MSNBC, kind of the network I call home, is not going to um, do something similar. But I can imagine that there are very interesting conversations happening in different buildings across the country about what they would do. And and that will be a bit of a test to to see what happens between now. And again, you know, not just the primary, but uh, what will likely, likely be a Biden-Trump debate again at some point. So, um, We'll, we'll have to see. I know we have a lot we want to check in on. Uh, 
I, I will, maybe we'll continue some of this conversation in our members only section where we cannot let a week go by, especially this week without talking about our favorite house of representative member, George Santos. I cannot let that happen. So we will touch on that in our members only section and maybe a little on the, de- the debt ceiling <clears throat> update one Oh, uh, update one Oh ten one ten since uh, we've now had so many things happen, but I want to thank our listeners. And again, in, in solidarity of, support for the kind of conversations that Norm and I are trying to bring into your earbuds, into your living rooms. We're thankful and hopefully anybody who is interested can prompt them to becoming a member so that we can still continue the conversation that Norm and I are going to have and and join and support. I think that just given what we said about the media, even more now than ever, it's important to show support for um, podcasts, not just like ours, but we have across the DSR network, uh, a number of important podcasts that membership does have access to and also shows that these conversations matter. So please do it about a latte a month for cost and, and then also share this pod if you first time listening, or maybe it's your 500th time listening to one of the DSR network podcasts or to words matter. We hope that this is one that you'll share across social media and across all places that you find podcasts and rate and review and, and make sure that you tell friends about the important words that do matter. That's why we titled, that's why the title of this pod is not without uh, intention. So I want to thank our incredible executive producer, Chris Cottmore, and we'll hope to see you next week on May 18th when we'll have another pod in your inbox. Thank you. Thank you.